Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Vanderbilt Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by betonline.ag and Health is Wealth Lifestyle. In the Music City, I'm Matt Perkins. On today's show, we're joined by Corey Burton from Believe in Georgia Dogs, Josh Cook from the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast, and Dave Mason from betonline.ag. We'll be talking about all the different gambling trends during COVID, the return of the Big Ten, some of the big week two games in college football this weekend, and much more. But before we get started, we can't forget to... Just a quick note, Zach was unable to join us for today's show, but he'll be back next week. All right, well, hello and welcome to a special edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast slash Believe in Georgia Dogs Podcast slash Believe in Vandy Football Podcast. Here in the Music City, I'm Matt Perkins, a hop, skip, and a jump across the Harpeth River from me here in Nashville. It's our old friend, the offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. What's up, man? Uh, I I like this triple option setup here. Uh, It's a great deal. As you can see in the background, for all you uh, visual learners, uh, this is the also the Believe in Georgia Dogs uh, podcast show. Uh, this is a Friday bonus feature, so we're uh, excited to be with you, Matt. Uh, we just walked off the practice field not long ago. We're we're starting to get in sync, and my quarterback got another handwritten note from Oklahoma University, so uh, that's exciting. And uh, hopefully, uh, we welcome McGavick to uh, to the crib next. Friday, so we'll be I'll be talking all about that next week. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun, Coach. Your season opener here. You got a mm-hmm. new quarterback who's already getting you know some some pretty some pretty good offers, some pretty good interest. I mean, Oklahoma is QBU these days, but we can't get started without the third amigo in the second city, a man who knows that. Actually, I should say a man who missed out on the Iowa State Fair this year and is very sad about it. It's our <laughs> intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook. Hey, Big Ted football's back and can make some money betting against Rutgers. So, all good. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, speaking of betting, we have a very special guest on the show tonight. We are happily joined by Dave Mason from betonline.ag to talk a little handicapping for us. Dave, thank you so much for taking a little time to join us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, so we are going to hop right into some gambling talk off the jump while we have Dave here with us. Dave is uh, graciously spending a little bit of time with us here tonight. And so, obviously, you listeners to the show, we are here in our sixth season now on Illegal Motion. You guys know that we are always talking spreads. Spread formations is probably our favorite segment on every single show. And we you know, we have the good fortune bringing in uh, uh, someone from Bet Online to talk about just how much COVID has affected handicapping, especially with the SEC and Big Ten now finally coming back. Dave, you guys don't even have you know lines up or anything for Big Ten yet, do you? No, I mean SEC, we had them up, and then we have to look ahead, look ahead lines up. Then we took them down last week um, when when or actually just a couple of days ago, um, but they'll be back up, you know, Sunday afternoon for next weekend's action. Um, Big Ten, you know, we had some look ahead lines up early, went back before they 
they uh, said they were going to not not even play the season. Then you, know, you had no action on them. Now, oh, my God, they're going to play again. So it's been a huge cat and mouse game, and that's just how 2020 has been with everything, you know, They're just all the uncertainty. But college football has definitely been a pain in, pain in the neck. The only with some of this stuff, I mean, just to give you an example, you know, we, uh, you know, last February we opened up odds to win it all for for this year, and uh, all, all the regular teams are up, right? Who who the hell mm-hmm. knew that everything was going to get nuked? And, and then, uh, then it's like, oh my God, is there going to be college football season at all? Then then teams are dropping out, and people, oh, we want our money back, you know, uh, Pac ten, Pac twelve is out, Big Ten's out. So, okay, when it's like Pac-12 and Big Ten are out, okay, we know action to everything. We can't keep action on these teams, obviously. Then then two weeks later, Big Big Ten is playing football again. So now it's like, you know, we opened up, we reopened up odds for the 77 teams minus the, you know, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, and we're taking action on them. Then it's all of a sudden it's like okay, Big Ten's back. Now it's like now what the hell do we do with these odds again? You know what I mean? Do are, are we back? To, are we going to no action them? Are we back to where we started or what? So, yeah, I mean that's just how it's been 2020, and and uh, it's it's been a constant um, challenge. Just you know all these new. Uh, uh, new new situations and how do you grade stuff and and uh, y- you know but uh, we're rolling with it you know we're we're trying to be as fair to the players as possible and we're trying to you know be as tight with wording and everything and you know we're thinking of every scenario when we put props up okay well what if they play you know they, they could start the season and 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 then they could skip weeks and all this other stuff so it's it's you know it it's it's definitely. Uh, a challenge, but we're kind of getting used to it, to tell you the truth. So what's been what, what's been the hardest to adjust to? Is it players opting out now, um, now that we've seen teams coming back? Or, you know, obviously taking out, like, the conferences, you know, changing courses. How much does, like, all the different player opt-outs affect, the way, uh, affect your spreads? And have you guys had any sort of unique props that have come out of this whole, you know, coronavirus pandemic? Oh, my God. I mean, all the crazy props we've done – over the last eight, seven months or however long so it's I been. should ask you then like what's your favorite prop that you've done in the last seven months oh my god I, I don't even uh, I mean my favorite I mean not college football but I mean back when there was no sports and we were putting up props on everything there's this dude on uh Twitter who's a pretty big pretty big in the Twitter Twitter verse for uh for um you know gambling and and uh he and I, you know, banner back and forth. He actually plays here at Bet Online, and he's going to do some push push up challenge and uh, how many push ups he could do in 15 minutes. And he's going to do it on Twitch to all his followers and all this stuff. And I hit him up. I was like, dude, I'm going to put odds up on you. And I was like, how many do you think you can do? And he's like, I have no idea. So I was like, oh, screw it. So I handicapped him that that night. I I I got on the floor. And I saw saw how I how many I could do in in 15 minutes. And uh, I did all right, man. I'm an older guy, but I did all right. I stay in shape. So I told him, I was like, Joey, you know, I'm going to put, you're younger than me, so I'm going to give you my number and a hook, and we're going to put it up there. He's like, all right. And he had horrible form, too. I mean, he, he did a practice round, and his form, form was absolute garbage. garbage. It was embarrassing. I was busting his chops. But I, but I've said the wording for this prop, you know, we're going to go by whatever, I guess his girlfriend was taking count, you know? So it was like, we're going to do, I'm not great in this. We're going to do whatever official count 
Joey and his girlfriend have. And uh, so, you know, we put a, the, the number was way too high, you know, pat myself on the back, but I'm a way better push-upper than this guy was. And he, he failed miserably and it was hilarious. We actually won some money because all his followers are betting the over and he missed it by like 90 push-ups or something. So, <laughs> so that was my favorite story. There. But, but, you know, there's just been, it's been, it's been a crazy, you know, we put up, uh, uh, you know, the ping pong, the Russian ping pong. That was a big story. Just all these, you know, people betting Russian ping pong and, uh, you name it, we put it up there. Aussie Rules hand- football. How do you bet on Aussie yeah. Rules football? Uh, yeah, I'm not an Aussie Rules fo- Rules football guy. I mean, I used to watch it when I was a kid, but I don't understand it. But yeah, odds on that, you know. I mean, I saw a ton of stuff on Australian horse racing. Australian horse racing was like going yep. off back in like April, May. They sure were. They, they, they were, we were taking good action on them. We had matchups daily, and we we're, we have, were luxury enough to have uh, uh, one of our employees is in, lives in Australia, so he we, he knew he had that and Aussie rules football uh, and rugby. When they came back, he he had he had a good uh mm-hmm. a good good handle on all that. Thankfully, yeah the uh, yeah the, those Super fourteen games are always fun for sure. Now talking college football specifically. I mean like we've seen uh you know a lot of different players opting out recently. Now we got guys opting back in, especially when it was, right. you know big name guys like the cornerback Wade out of Ohio State said he was come he said he was out and now he's back in. We see other guys go out and now come back in. How do these opt-outs are how are those opt-outs affecting, you know, season win totals at all for you guys? Not not much. I mean, and really unless not it's much. like a Justin Fields yeah. or someone like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So not much. I mean, you know, it's on our radar, but you know, every team's having this too. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a level playing field, right? You know, it's, it's almost every team's going through this. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's big time college football teams too, man. They, you know, you guys know, you got, you just got a stud in waiting. One guy sits out and there's some other five-star recruit that just is waiting his turn to, 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 to take over. And look at Joe Burrow last year, you know, the guy's an afterthought in Ohio State and goes to LSU just for try to salvage a senior year. And the next thing you know, he, he's, he's, he has the best season in a quarterback history in college football. So, I mean, there's just so much talent on these teams that, you know, that, that those, those, like you said, if it's a big quarterback, sure, but it, all the position players and everything, nah, it's not going to affect anything too much. Yeah, as long as Trevor Lawrence is playing, you're probably pretty safe there. There so, you go. Um, is there? Have you guys been seeing um, a surprising action on any of? Especially, like obviously, like probably at this point, the ACC is probably the conference you're seeing the most action going in on because they're the you know ACC and Big Twelve. I would imagine. Has there been any like really surprising action on any of the ACC or Big Twelve schools that you didn't expect to see? Uh, to to win it all is that what you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. Or win the conference, win it all, anything like right. that. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's usually the usual suspects. Pe- teams do take more long shots. Um, you know, we've seen that all year in other sports that teams are, that betters are taking a little bit more long shots. You know, I think they're, the, the mindset is, you know, anything can happen. You know what I mean? The, 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 the playing field is a little bit more even this year because there, there might be fewer games and, you know, hey, no, you can't handicap COVID, right? I mean, you really can't. So that's going to even the playing field a little bit. So, you know, Big 12, you know, where West Virginia's get, got some action, um, Baylor, you know, but but at the end of the day, it's usually the big favorites. That's what most of the money comes on. But, but it, you know, that it's a thing too with these futures it doesn't take a lot of bets at at a long shot you know florida state let's say 
40 to one. It doesn't take a lot of bets at 40 to one to really run up a, a, a negative figure with the house. So, mm-hmm. um, whereas, you know, the Clemson, Listen, though, the, if, if someone's taking Florida state, I mean, like they, they have bigger <laughs> problems than, than, than gambling, right. quite frankly, right. if they're taking Florida state at this point. Yep, exactly. So, uh, but it, you know, it does, people are taking long shots, you know, it doesn't, it like 10 bucks a 40 to one, you know, you, you run that up and you, all these people betting 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever, 40 to one. You know, whereas Clemson's minus 450 to win the ACC, it, it's, you know, we're not going to be exposed on Clemson because these people are going to be taking those long shots. For sure, for sure. So one of the things that I was looking at, at least uh, during the preseason for, on, on Bet Online, was your your preseason Heisman odds. And, the, you know, obviously, especially with uh, Big Ten, Pac-12 opting out, you know, I was looking at these lines back a couple of weeks ago, back in, you know, late August, early September, when we didn't think Big 12, Pac-12, were gonna, Big Ten, Pac-12 were going to be back. Uh, there were a couple guys that I, you know, I saw as long shots. I mean, we, you know, we always have the, you know, we've got the favorites. Whoever the Oklahoma quarterback is going to be is going to be a favorite. Trevor Lawrence coming into the season, going to be a favorite, anything like that. There are a couple guys down there, down at the bottom of the list, though, the surprise were so low. I mean, one of the guys I really love is Zamir White coming out of, uh, coming out of Georgia uh, as who should be the lead tailback this year, Coach, right? Yeah, he should be. Um, but, you know, don't discount James Cook. I think James Cook is going to be a main weapon for the dogs. So um, that might cut into some of Zamir White's production. Yeah, I mean, he was plus 10,000 coming into the season. I was like, you yeah. know, what? I, I, I took a little flyer right there. I'm not going to lie on, uh, I mean, on he, Zamir he White. He could I was- pop. I mean, you never know. I mean, he was number one high school coming out, uh, number one quarterback coming out of high school. Have there been any of those long shots on the Heisman odds that you know that that have really jumped out to you? You've seen a lot of action on. Actually, we haven't closed right now, so I can't even look to tell you the truth. We, <laughs> you know, we closed them and we're just waiting to see what the heck pans out. Um, you know, in the Heisman, I don't even think they've decided what the hell they're exactly going to do at this point either. Um, so I, I assume that the show goes on and the the, the 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 show will still happen in early December or whatever. Um, but uh, you know, some people are talking about that will include the Pac-12 in the spring or whatever. Who knows? But um, but no, the odds are closed right now. We're just kind of waiting for the dust to settle. We reopened them and, and uh, adjusted the numbers, and and then you know, like I said, big. Big Ten's coming back, and I was like, okay, what do we do? We got to name all, put all these names back in the fold, etc. So, but you know, the Heisman, it's a, it's people are always often taking long shot. I mean, the, the favorites really rarely ever win. You know, it's just some mm-hmm. guy always coming out of left field. So I don't blame you one bit for taking uh, some flyers. At, I mean, at the beginning of last shot. season, Joe Burrow was just flat out off the board. Like oh, I yeah. don't even remember I, I seeing think, him at the beginning of last year. Anyway. No, we didn't. We didn't have him at the beginning of the season. I think we opened him at a uh, like. 100 to 1 or something and that's after a couple people requested him to to go on the board yeah so uh so yeah i mean you know it's 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 off that's often how it is with heisman so long shots so what's been what would you say the the toughest part about about handicapping during COVID is visit just the unknown or is there anything else that's been really like affecting the way that you guys are setting lines i mean you know it, it you know the home field advantage i guess is one one challenge we're mm. still kind of working out you know the you no know, crowds at these games um yeah because i mean our, our, our typical home field in college you guys are given about what five or six points for home field eh, it, it depends on it depends the stadium on the field, yeah. yeah it depends on the field but usually not that much but but you know it depends on the stadium 
Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, the, the cra- lack of crowd, you know, we're tr- still trying to figure it out in the NFL. Um, but, you know, we adjust, we adjust pretty quick. And, uh, but it, it, there, there's just been so many challenges, man. But, but, you know, at the end of the day that the, the, the players had the same challenge. Now, NBA's gone smooth. NHL's gone smooth. Um, those bubbles have worked out great. So, but with with football, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a race for information. If people start, you know, testing positive for COVID and aren't gonna play, I mean, you know, people can get that information before the book. And you now with Twitter, man, it's 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 a race for information. So, you know, people can get that information before the book. Then that that's very valuable information. So, again, it wasn't it didn't impact NBA, didn't pick, impact NHL, but it's gonna impact uh, football. Hasn't yet, but it will. Yeah, so speaking of the NFL and those home fields, I mean, you know, standard home field in the NFL is going to be about three points, right? Right. And so, I mean, I imagine with the crowds, I mean, how 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 are you guys even after one weekend? I imagine that you guys are have to have to make those kind of adjustments because you know, you know, with the lack of a with a home crowd in a lot of these places, I mean, you know, you I'm, I'm sure you were watching the games over the weekend. I sure was. You know, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan personally. And, you know, I'm watching the I'm watching the Bills game and I was like, no people in the crowd. Like, this does not feel like a home game. So, I mean, I, I imagine that, you know, are, are, do you think you guys will be, you know, have you guys even from week one to week two had to had to adjust those kinds of home field feelings? No, we're 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 doing what we're doing. Um, you know, there's there's an adjustment, of course. It's not the full three points. And again, it's not always three points, but that's, you know, the common common number um, that's referenced. But. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we're, we're paying attention to it and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not three points anymore, but it's, you know, one and a half, two points about, and, and it's a work in progress, man. It's something we're keeping an eye on. And, uh, you know, we, we, we had a good, we had a good week one. So I think we're doing all right. We'll see how week two goes. So with, uh, with high spreads in the NFL, um, well, when you get high spreads, I know I, I said in my show that I released today, on the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast, that um, I was I really liked Carolina uh, plus nine and a half because I think it's you know anytime you get a big spread in the NFL, especially against a team that's still relatively new uh, during this COVID age. What when you're dealing with high spreads like that, how how do you take into account that you have a new team with new coaching staff, new players, things like that? Uh, how does that come into account when you're making those lines? Yeah. Well, first of all, you got a good number because we're down to plus eight and a half. So uh, kudos to you for getting your plus nine and a half there, coach. Um, (laughs) But um, no, it's it's, you know, the the bucket. I mean, you know, they're they're playing the bucks and we we we've been we've been low on the bucks. We we really haven't been as giddy as the Tom Brady signing and all these other guys are signing as 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 others were, Um, you know, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's just the, the Buccaneers, for instance, it's just, we're not high on them. I mean, the eight and a half, it's it, that, that's a lot of points, I think, you know, but, but Tom Brady, I think, who knows that they could come far back this weekend a little after getting embarrassed last weekend, but, you know, just trial by an air, trial and by error every, every week in the, early on the season. And then, you know, three weeks in, we'll, we've, we got it figured out. We're rolling. So, so when you're looking at uh, when you're looking at betting lines and things like that, and you you're trying to figure out exactly how you want to go, uh, for novice betters like myself, could you explain you know how the money line works? Uh, is it better to take over and unders? Uh, what you know, what 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 is some like basic betting advice for people that are just getting started? 
Right. Um, the most basic, I mean, the t two biggest uh, pieces of advice I, I can offer is A, don't ignore the early odds. I mean, so many people just come in and, and bet the last minute, last day. They're looking at the odds just that last day. And, uh, you know, by the time the kick, it's kickoff, that's the sharpest odds. The, you know, by time kickoff, those closing odds are the sharpest odds. That means sharp. When I say sharp, that means they're the most accurate. They're the most difficult to beat. You know, they're moving all throughout the week. Those are easier to beat. Um, if you can beat the closing lot odds, meaning let's say you get, you know, let's say I'm just going to pull some, let's say for perfect example, you get Panthers plus nine and a half when they're closing plus eight and a half, you're getting great mathematical value. If you're, if you're getting the best of the number by a point over the long run on games, you're going to score a profit. Now it's hard to do that, but it, you accessing those early odds gives you that mathematical advantage. So, you know, I go crazy when people just start betting this last minute day of the game, they reload their counts and they're two hours before the games and they're just starting to fire. And it's like, Oh my God, you, you missed all that early value and our odds open before any other book for football. So, I mean, we're, we're putting so much value out there when we open up the early odds and, and, and you guys can have access to the same odds that all the sharps have. And actually the sharps are going to wait a few days because the sharps don't want to bet too early in the week. So, you know, the public has the access to the, the, the easiest odds to beat. That's the first thing. And secondly is money management. I mean, you know, even I have trouble with that, but you know, it's, it's money management's the key. I mean, you, you just got to stay within your, uh, you know, within your means and, you know, you can't chase. And if you're winning, you know, don't double down, just, just get, stay, stay the course. You know, that's when you get in trouble when you start either when you're, when you're up, you're just betting too much. And when you're down, you just keep on doubling down, you know, trying to get that money back. And that's how you get in trouble. So mm -hmm. money management and don't ignore the early odds. Uh, those are my two biggest pieces. Well, of it's, it's even harder to chase these days on, you know, I, I'm used to those late Saturday night, Hawaii games and, you know, <laughs> without the mountain West, what am I going to do? Uh, KBO I mean, baseball, man. Korean baseball. <laughs> oh, God. What are you I, I, can't, I can't do it, man. I can't. <laughs> that's do it. the new mountain lie. West football. Oh God. No, I, I, I can't, I, I can't do that. My favorite thing over the last two years has been first half odds. And this year, I have made a killing on first half odds. First half unders have just been absolute money for me so far this season. How do you guys, you know, obviously, you're not just like splitting, you know, you're not just splitting the game odds in two a lot of time for those first half odds. What goes, what do you take into account when you're making a first half odds versus, to, uh, you know, to, total game, uh, total game spreads? Right. Well, you know, that that's the basic way of doing it, but it is shaded. It is shaded on different trends or how, how you think a game will start. But, uh, you know, you, you do kind of divide it in two, right? You take the spread and divide it in two. But again, again it, that's where you come up with your, your basic first half. But then it is shaded based on different trends on what team is teams are playing and how they start. Um, you know, some some teams have a have a history just starting slow starting conservative so on so forth so that might be added into the number absolutely absolutely well um uh dave we will get you out of here on this i'm uh first of all when would you guys be throwing up your uh your sec odds later uh, you said something like sunday i think yeah they'll be up sunday college football usually goes up um 
second half of the one o'clock NFL games. Usually we put up with those. Uh, they let the guy, we let our guys do the uh, the halftime spreads of the one o'clock game, and then usually after that, the dust settles on those, and the and the um, one o'clock games kick off for the second half. They usually start putting up the uh, college football spreads. Sometimes a little later. It all depends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you're waiting. You're waiting for the Big Ten schedule to come out for the season win totals yep. on that one. I yeah, imagine. absolutely. So, you know, that's got to we, be that's got to be weird with them having uh, proposing an eight game season. I mean, like you know, uh, I mean, Josh is an Iowa guy. I'm a Wisconsin guy originally, and so like you know, I, I'm used to you know used to twelve game season. I'm used to seeing our you know our our win totals eight and a half, nine and a half, usually like that. But you know, so if, when I see six, you know, I'll probably see some like six and a half for Wisconsin. I'm gonna be like six and a half wins. That sounds awful, you know, just because you know I've, I'm so accustomed to thinking about it. 12 game schedule so that's got to be you know obviously it's going to be a huge huge deal just to see when those schedules come out so i assume you guys are waiting on that for the you obviously you have to wait for that for 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 the season win totals but you know have you guys been seeing you know has the book been doing you know getting uh, you know enough action uh even with you know less games going on for you guys to you know stay afloat stay successful oh that's absolutely i mean we're staying afloat staying successful when we're we're uh promoting russian ping pong for god's sakes i mean <laughs> <laughs> you know the player the the players are out in full force you know and mm-hmm. sure there mo- might be fewer uh college football games but you know people are piling in more than ever you know that 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 like that that first game that one double a game that kicked off the season i can't remember who the hell it oh was. austin p in central but, arkansas Oh yeah, the action on that was it was sickening. I mean, how much action with the Cubs coming that? I mean, it was by far the the, the most action we ever took on a one double A game, and it, it was it was almost it was it was it was about the same as like a mid level one o'clock NFL game. That's how much action was coming in on it. So, you know, plus plus you got other stuff going on now. The to to. to the supplant, you know, you got you got NBA playoffs, you got a Stanley Cup play. These, these things are never going. We have a we have a what a, a three three week uh, sports equinox on our hands here. You know it's what amazing. I mean? So so you know we got the U.S. Open this weekend. We had the Kentucky Derby two weeks ago. You know we got all this stuff happening that's kind of making up for stuff. So you know the betters want to bet, they're going to bet. They're they're going to put five hundred dollars in their account. And they're gonna if there's a zillion college games, they'll spread it out. If there's ten college games, they'll bet on those ten college games, or or sprinkled on the NFL, or this and that and the other thing. So there's plenty to bet on. So we're not worried about that. More the merrier. But uh, that there's so much action going on, and players are out of cages, man. Everybody's in locked up. They're just ready to go. So action's crazy. All right. Well, listen, Dave, thanks so much for uh, spending a little time with us here this evening. Uh, I'm going to quote my uh, Chris the Bear Felica, the less you bet, uh, the more you lose when you win. (laughs) I like it. All right. All right, Dave. Thank you so much. Uh, Go check out betonline.ag for all of your betting and gambling needs. Uh, You know, we, we we got spreads. We got props parlays mm-hmm. everything you could possibly imagine is there on betonline.ag all and, right and don't forget about the uh, the online casino that never closes no it doesn't no it doesn't J- josh you're a blackjack player i know that much i love blackjack too matt i just want to return to one thing you said you said the big 10 schedule is going to be just eight games and i think that this is perfect because iowa's been preparing for this for years i mean how many years has it been that Iowa only plays eight competent games all season long. 
Um, I, I mean, as long as I've been following them, that's for sure. <laughs> so I mean, it's it. it well, uh, is Brian Ferentz still the offensive coordinator? Uh, does a bear in the woods? Yep. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that was fun. Got a little gambling talk Catholic? in there. Oh, yep. <laughs> right. Is the, the pope, <laughs> does the Pope in the woods? Is the bear Catholic? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was a fun little way to jump off the show with Dave from betonline.ag. That was fun. Let's hop into, though, the big news of the week, Josh. The Big Ten is back. It is a cluster bleep in <laughs> in and around the Big Ten offices in Chicago. Josh, you are our Big Ten guru from Big Ten and counting. What the fuck is happening? Uh, future, future host of Believe in Iowa Hawkeyes football. Go for well, it. Well, uh, you know, according to his Twitter feed, uh, Donald Trump played an instrumental role. And in, right, uh, but <laughs> I, I was tremendously instrumental in getting the Big Ten back on. Now I get my set sight on the Pac-12. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be absolutely outstanding. And I can't wait to talk to the to the wonderful, tremendous commissioner of. The Pac-12 because I think he's going to go and I think he's going to play. He's going to announce as well. Great job, Big Ten. I really, really, <laughs> really, really think I owe you millions and millions and billions and billions of thank yous. So good job, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Have a great show. <laughs> oh, thank you, President Trump, for uh, for dropping in. Now, if you could spend a little bit more time uh, on your coronavirus preparedness and a little less time talking about college football, I think we'd it's all be hoax. in a better place. It's a hoax. It's a hoax. <laughs> Yeah, it's fake news. Fake, fake news. Uh, oh, good to answer your question seriously, Matt, um, God, it, it's really hard not to be cynical, but um, dollar signs. They saw saw the ACC and Big 12 have a relatively successful first week. Football's had two somewhat successful weeks now. Yeah, but how many games have been canceled in that time, too? I mean, we've seen outbreaks at Memphis. We've seen outbreaks at BYU. I mean, successful, well, I think, is I, I guess, is relative at this point. Successful enough for the Big Ten to get their share of the pie. Uh, that's what it comes down to. It's it's pretty silly. Um, you know, it's going to look really, really ridiculous if things go sideways. And, I mean, we've already seen with Charlotte, North Carolina being canceled. And, you know, Ed Ogeron said something about, like, most of his teams had it. So um, I guess all we can do is be cautiously optimistic, but it's really hard to. We've seen Commonwealth Cup cancel Virginia, Virginia Tech, or at least postponed. I mean, like, if you're looking down the slate of games this weekend, even this weekend, I mean, just from top 25 games alone, I mean, we've got, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina canceled. BYU versus Army postponed commonwealth cup like uh virginia virginia tech postponed till saturday december 12th tentatively uh houston memphis postponed i mean and that's just for ranked teams yeah but houston's now playing uh baylor so it works out i mean (laughs) okay i mean does it work out though does it really work i mean i guess it does i guess it does i mean i'm just i'm just disappointed there wasn't a way for houston to play friday night at memphis and then turn around play Saturday at Baylor. <laughs> well, what did Memphis have? Like 40 positive cases last week? Uh, I don't know. 43, I think is what it was. Yeah, 43. It was a ton. And so I don't understand how, like, 
I don't understand how Memphis goes, plays uh, Arkansas State. They have 43 positive cases. Then Arkansas State just heads out on the road next week like nothing happened. <laughs> well, the way they beat Kansas State, maybe they're fine. <laughs> maybe it's a secret weapon maybe it's a secret weapon i mean let's talk about some of those games last week i mean there were some there, there uh the, the big 12 outside of oklahoma and texas not looking so hot josh uh no not not looking hot at all uh iowa state just let's start there i mean yeah totally please. totally flat just they crap yeah. the bed yeah i mean you look at brock purdy's stat line uh, really struggled. Uh, 16 of 35, 145 yards, one interception. Just, it felt like he wasn't seeing the field at all. Felt like, looked like a player who hadn't had any practice, which is fair, but uh, this is a little bit of a trend now dating back to last season when Iowa State had a little bit of a losing streak towards the end of the year where... Uh, he's just not hitting his targets, and his accuracy has been really off in losses. And, you know, when does it become a trend? The other thing that I think was just absolutely inexcusable was the end of the game, uh, down 10 with two timeouts. Matt Campbell decides, nah, uh, you know. I'm not going to use my timeouts. I'm not going to do anything. Um, he lets the Raging Cajun have an 11-play, 56-yard drive that ended in a touchdown that ate seven minutes off the clock. But there were multiple times where you got to take the timeout. And it's just, you know, you look at the the drive, they converted a third and two. Um, but like by that point, the fight was was over. I mean, they held a, you know, they they drive started out, uh, loss a three, didn't take a timeout, and then second and thirteen, they gained six yards. Why don't you take the timeout right there? You stop the clock, and you regroup for a huge third down. Uh, at that point in the game, there was still five forty left. 10 points in five minutes and 40 is challenging, but as manageable, manageable. And I mean, coach, part of coaching is putting your players in the best position to succeed. And that involves not quitting on the team. I thought Campbell totally quit on his team. Yeah. It seemed like it. I mean, it just, the way he was, it, it almost seemed like the whole team was just checked out that whole, that whole entire game. It just, it felt weird just watching that and, and watching all that unfold. And, you know, it, it really kind of felt that way. It, you know, at the beginning of the game, you know, when I was watching it, it just kind of felt like, all right, Iowa State's off to a slow start. They're playing okay on defense. Not bad. You know, first quarter ends. We're, we're still 0-0. Okay, well, you know, whatever. This is 2020. This is probably how this game's going to go. Then all of a sudden, 95-yard uh, uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, and, uh, that was Chris Smith of Louisville, the raging cages, 95 yard kickoff return, uh, for a touchdown. And then, um, you know, they also had another special teams play. Um, that was an 83 yard punt return for a touchdown in the fourth quarter. So two big special teams plays, you know, in, in a phase that 
we talk about this so much, and there's so many game-changing plays in special teams for for programs to continually ignore the importance of special teams really gets me also. And and I, I think they did a poor job of, of covering of you know coaching up their coverage units, how they cover downfield on those things. So, you know, that that's something that also needs to be addressed as well. I, I think, you know, hopefully there'll be work on that at practice. But, you know, Iowa State can't really, really, really was disappointing and, and I couldn't you know, I switched over to the North Carolina game because it, they just became unwatchable. <laughs> Last thing I want to say about the Cyclone game is Louisiana Raging Cajun kicker, Nate Snyder. This is a kid that I hope he gets some redemption during the year. Um, he's a grad transfer from Indiana. He was their kickoff specialist at Indiana. He hadn't uh, done any field goal point after kicking since high school. Looked real rusty, was really shaky on his point after, um, went one of three on field goal attempts, and they yanked him. I hope he, you know, gets to end his career feeling a lot better than he does after opening week. I think he's the only Raging Cajun player in that locker room pissed off. Uh, yeah, he did not do a super great job to start his uh, his tenure there. So um, we talked about Iowa State. We talked about Kansas. State. Let's talk about Coastal Carolina versus Kansas. Called it real quick. You did, Josh. You actually did. You picked Coastal Carolina in uh, uh, in spread formations last week, and I was uh, I was very impressed. Not gonna lie, Coach and I both had Kansas, and Coach, I was over at your house on Saturday night, and we were watching the beginning of that one, and. I, you went talking about JV football. <laughs> oh, Holy God. God. Just by the way, the only games I get right are Kansas-related. Well, listen, I was the only one who picked Arkansas State last week, so I was, uh, I'm feeling good about that. And, and I we all, neither. To be fair, we all picked <laughs> Iowa State. So Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. I picked Arkansas State to cover. I said they would lose narrowly. No, you did not. Not according to my notes. What? Not according to my notes. According to my notes, you took Kansas State minus 10 and a half. Uh, that does not sound like something I would do. We're going to have to listen to the show. <laughs> We're going to have to check the tape on that one. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm going to mute myself and listen to the show real quick right now. Are, are you throwing the red challenge flag? I am. Josh th- Josh I am throwing, throwing the challenge flag. I'm throwing a challenge flag. Coach, talk about the Shanties for a second y- y- while, while yes. I find this. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. L- let's talk about, first of all, um, coach talking about those Chanticleers, um, I have to say that um, that was uh, McCall, the quarterback, Grayson McCall, um, the freshman. Man, I mean, he only threw 18 passes, but three touchdowns and no picks. Man, he looked good. He really did. I mean, he just looked poised. He looked comfortable. He looked like, I mean, he didn't look like a freshman. And, And he also ran for 73 yards and two more scores. I mean, five total touchdowns from... From the freshman, I mean, yeah, you know, it, it was, against against Les Miles. Yeah, it was odd, man. It 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 was like it was almost like a Twilight Zone where you felt like you felt like Coastal Carolina was the Power Five team, and you felt like Kansas was the uh, middle of the road, mediocre Group of Five team. You know that you know that's constantly battling for uh, the middle spot in Conference USA or whatever whatever we feel like is the uh, the 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 bunk conference in uh in group of five but you know kansas i, I don't get it man because you know you have a national championship c- 
coach, right? You've just invested $300 million in facilities that are being built right now, or they just started them. And, you know, you, you claim to have all of these recruiting victories and, you know, probably recruited the be- one of the best classes in program history. You got some guy named Puka Williams and you can't figure out how to use him. Yeah, know? Puka, Puka, Puka was pedestrian. I he mean, really was, and and they, he was it's because they misused him. They, I, I just don't, I just don't feel like they really knew what he could do. Here's my biggest thing, man. They went through three quarterbacks. Yeah, and when we start, Mc, I knew it was not going to be a good night when they started. When their starting quarterback McVitie, they didn't even spell his name right on the jersey. <laughs> hey, gentlemen, yeah. real quick. Come on, man. I don't know Come how on, this will. Man. I don't know how this will play on my phone into my mic, but we'll find out. Hit it. At Kansas State, Arkansas State lost to Memphis last week. Kansas State, ten and a half point favorites at home against the Red Wolves. Josh. Yeah, Arkansas State with a game under them, they looked pretty good in a losing effort. Um, Kansas State was kind of just all over the map a year ago. I think it'll be another tight loss for Arkansas State, but close enough that they actually cover. Oh, well done, sir. I uh, I stand corrected. I uh, upon further Josh, review, I, 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 you, it has been noted that Josh did actually pick Arkansas State. You will the not ball, lose a ti- you will not be uh, you will not lose a timeout for that one. The ball will be reset at the one yard line. You will not be charged with a timeout. First and goal. First and goal. Josh. First and goal. Cook. Um, well with done, our sir. picks, with our picks, first and goal, whatever your school name is, with our picks last year, you know, I gotta take it where I can get it. And first look of all, good. first of all, jo- Josh and I have been talking about this since Jeez, we were college, ro- since we were college roommates. Um, when Josh and I and Emily open up our own school, Josh, what's our mascot? The Carthaginians. You know it. And uh, what is the uh, the an- the uh, the uh, the animal version of our mascot? It's an elephant, of course. Of course, and um, the drum major will be will be the Hannibal of the year. Uh, I say, I say we what rip off. Te- I say we rip off Texas and uh, just have an elephant grazing all game in the end zone. Uh, yeah, and you can what also rip colors, off Texas, though? so we'll be smelling the elephant dung the entire game. <laughs> For any of you who have not been to the stadium in Austin, if you are out there sitting near Bevo, you're gonna smell it. That's the truth. <laughs> that's what uh, that's what Kansas smelled like after they were done with this game. I mean, it was awful. Ooh. I mean, it was thirty-five to nothing at one point. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I mean, I can't even. I can't it's even. Horrible. I mean, we coach you and I were watching it, having a you know having a few adult beverages. Not gonna lie. Yeah. And I thought I thought I was drunker than I was than I really was when we're sitting there and Coastal's just moving the ball and like Kansas can do anything against them. Anything. It was absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. So You know, um, if I if I wanted to spend the time actually researching it, it'd be fun to see what exactly uh McCall, Grayson McCall, the quarterback for the Shanties, what exactly his eight completed passes that were not touchdowns what happened with them he was 11 of 18 for just 133 yards but three scores uh, he, and he, and like and, and when you were uh doing your research josh we also mentioned he ran for two more on the ground so yeah like, he had a pretty nice just, game 
Yeah, it was a pretty nice game. It was a pretty nice game. But let's hop into the games for this coming weekend. We got some we got some interesting ones. Um there is a there is a matchup of ranked versus ranked teams. Miami and Louisville. Louisville. Um, we saw Miami get off to a start last week that was uh underwhelming josh is that fa- is, is that a fair t- is that a fair term to use it was pretty flat <laughs> to to be kind mm-hmm. it was it was i mean you know they did end up um you know they did end up pulling out the game but um uh you know it, it was not pretty necessarily but so we, we've got rank versus rank i'm personally really excited to see um to see Louisville uh this weekend obviously they opened uh they opened last week against Western Kentucky they covered 1 by 14 but you know I think Tutu Atwell coach is one of the best receivers in the country he's so explosive i mean you know you look at what what he brings to the table i mean you know Louisville comes in uh defense could you know that's a different story they could you know be a little bit better but you know all you know, he, he's a Miami native, um, so you know he's talented. He had seven seven catches, 78 yards um, as well. Last year against Miami, he, he had six for 142, including uh, 80 of those on one pass and, and a score. So, you know, it's just, uh, again, he just, he's just somebody that's going to go get it. He's an all-around great receiver. I think he's going to do well at the next level. And, you know, I'm excited to watch him and, and see kind of how he's progressed and see how he can – you know, make a difference in this game for uh, for the Cardinals, and I think he's a great target for Mikael Cunningham. Yeah, uh, Josh. You know, uh, Miami underwhelming, Louisville a little underwhelming too. Do you have a lean in this game? I'm leaning Louisville. You know, I, I thought initially too. I was like, you know, thirty five twenty one gave up some scores there, but when you really look at it and kind of break down that first half. Louisville was up 28-7 at half, playing really sharp. I think, you know, sometimes we see big leads like that go two different ways. We see the game just explode in the second half and become a laugher. Or we see the team kind of take their foot off the gas and, and let up a little bit. And I think it's the latter. You know, Louisville had... Uh, you know, an interception there in the second half. They had a whole bunch of punts. Um, a drop snap by a punter that and, and a block punt. It led yeah. to it led to quote drives of yeah. one and four yards. Uh, yes, yeah, so so, not, not exactly big long scoring drives there. Yeah, yeah but coach, I was as an offensive to that, coordinator. Yeah. You love you love those short fields. I, short fields. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take a one yard yeah. drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that kills one they, yard. That kills the yard average for the yeah. <laughs> the game. But yeah, I, I just think Louisville was way sharper. Um, I think they're better coached. I think the, they have the more explosive offense. And, um, you know, I know it's still weird with figuring out what exactly home field is going to matter, but they're at least sleeping at home, knowing where to get their good food and just being able to relax in Louisville rather than having to make a trip. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I I do like Louisville in this one. Um, that they're a two and a half point point favorite at home. You know, I I would probably take that if it was up to about five and a half. Honestly, I think that I don't honestly, Coach. I don't know about you, but I just don't trust Manny Diaz. 
I don't. I really don't. I said this earlier in my show. I just don't think he's the right guy. Uh, I think he's an okay coordinator. I, I don't think he's really that great at running his own program, especially a program that is uh, that should be uh, performing uh, a lot better in, in a program like Miami. Uh, that's in a recruiting hotbed. I think they should be. Uh, I think they should be recruiting. You guys better. smell I that? Think they should be playing better. Oh, what is it? Oh man, I think I think Manny Diaz has a little bit of that Larry Fedora smell. <laughs> yes. he's just a coach you're not gonna trust. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. I like that. That's such a long bit. I'm sure you guys were sitting there going, "What the hell is Josh doing with these sniffs?" I thought you were going to say something about, like, you smell what the rock is cooking because he went to the U. <laughs> no. But, um, no, I just wanted to bring up the Hatter. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, ta- yeah, I'm taking Louisville for as, as much as that goes. I, I don't trust Diaz. I, I don't think Diaz is right. I, I think you know, there's so many people that I think would kill it at that job um, if they if they got a chance to take that job over. And I, I, okay. I think so who? who if you had a... If you are the Miami AD and you could, and you didn't have to worry about buyouts, and you can hire, and you know, and you had the power to hire someone, who would you go for? Brian I mean, Ferentz. Yeah, yeah, Brian. That, that's just Josh. You're just being selfish at this point. <laughs> I'm going after DJ Durkin. No, um, <laughs> yeah, talk about culture. Um, no, I mean honestly, you know, realistically, just look right up the road at uh, at FIU. Go go back and relive the Butch Davis days. I mean, he got him mm. in position to have one of the greatest football teams ever assembled. He was the he 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 laid the groundwork on that whole deal. You know, Coker was just the guy that walked in and and got the ring for it. But Butch Davis did all the work on that. So I no, mean, I think he, I think Chris he, Ash he's a, is the better bet in the long run. He, he's <laughs> he's a good option. Listen, uh, I, I was I was talking to a friend who's a Greg Texas Shiano. fan yesterday, and he was trying to convince me. That Texas, like uh, you know, t- Texas uh, was was a national title team, and just because they got rid of Todd Orlando, I'm like, dude, your problems run way deeper than Todd Orlando. First of all, you replaced him with a coach that has literally the worst record in the history of the Big Ten. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was uh, interesting. So um, yeah, I mean, let- I-, I go hire Neil Brown um, from West Virginia. I-, I go throw I go throw some money at him and say, hey, you want to come play in the ACC? Um, I think he's. I think he would do a good job. Um, I, I would. I would look at. Um, you know, I, I would maybe look at giving. Uh, I'm drawing a blank now. Um, Blake Anderson a, a shot from from Arkansas State. Uh, I would look at um, Willie Fritz from Tulane. Um, uh, well, think, they just locked him up for uh, and through like 2026, I think. Yeah, I don't mean. Um, I would look at maybe Dan Lanning. Uh, if I'm look, going the coordinator route, I would look at Dan Lanning uh, from from UGA. If, I, if, if, if I'm going the coordinator route, give me give me Venables. Um, mm. if, if I just need a, uh, a coach to come in and get the summer program going before he left for his next job, definitely Mel Tucker. Um, you know he, he was at Colorado for a minute and then went to Michigan well, he's State. At Mich- he's at he's at he's at Sparty now. I mean, he hasn't even coached a game there yet. No, but he, uh, he he's infamous for coming on and saying, "I'm not going anywhere. I'm I'm great here at Colorado." Then a week later, he's saying, uh, "Gus Party." Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a ton of guys out there that I think would 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 do well. And I mean, we could do a whole two hour show on who we think could lead the Miami Hurricanes. But 
I don't think I don't think you or me want to uh, embark in that journey. So no, uh, so we won't. But um, needless to say, uh, none of those names include Manny Diaz. So um, that's the most important part. I would hire Ed Reed before I hired uh, Manny Diaz. Uh, Ed Reed would uh, be a good good. Throw fit. a uh, I'm going to throw a curveball at you guys for this one. Prime. Well, no, he just got hired at Jackson State. Ooh, you didn't, did you hear that? I did no, not. That's breaking news. Prime that's is the awesome. new head coach at Jackson State. That's awesome, um, because you know it's Jackson State, and um, we get to see how he would do, but not at one of our universities. So that'll be cool. I think it'll be fun to see kind of how he does, kind of see if Dion can do it. If he can, he can't. If he can, it'd be that'd be hilarious. That'd be fun because uh, De- Dion is. Well, we know who Dion is. He's a character. All right. Well, let's stay in the. I was going to throw a name at you. Oh yeah, guys. please, please do, Josh. Me. This is oh. this is going to be super long shot, kind of a crazy idea, but their two best coaches in program history, Schnellenberger and Jimmy Johnson, very similar people, um, overachievers at. Overlooked schools, independent Louisville for Schnellenberger, Oklahoma State in the old Big Eight. Um, both big personalities, very different personalities, but both big. You're not, gonna uh, say Mike not Gundy, afraid to not afraid to brag. I am. I'm going to say Mike Gundy. At what point does he get tired of being second banana, overshadowed in his own state, and just he has that fu attitude that. Both Schnellenberger and Jimmy Johnson had in their own way. He also watches OAN like half of the retirees in, in South Florida. <laughs> God, you talk about somebody who would not fit in with the recruits down there. They did not think Jimmy Johnson would fit in with the recruits either. Yeah, no, Jimmy Johnson is nothing like Mike Gundy. <laughs> I'm just saying they've had success with that before. They're Mike Gundy has the similar personality in that mode. And uh, yeah, I think it's a total long shot, but I do think it's an interesting one. I think they should have gone for Kiffin. That would have been an incredible hire. He would have been perfect. Like, I mean, he personality wise, recruiting wise, culturally, like he fits that. I don't give an F (laughs) mentality better than anybody else the other person um mike leach yeah mike, mike leach, leach he would have been would've... interesting he already lives in key west so i mean he's just up the road from there yeah. i know he interviewed there before they hired manny diaz um or in, in, in that same recruiting cycle but they went with diaz anyway so yeah. um you know i don't know if i can trust the brass there <laughs> if you're going to choose manny diaz over the pirate so I mean, come on. Can you imagine Mike Leach with uh, the Dane and Broward County Athletes coach? Um, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be really fun to watch. I mean, they'd, I mean, they'd put up 70 points a game. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be fun to watch them with Mississippi athletes. Oh, I know. I know. But can you imagine South Florida athletes? My <laughs> God. Like, I don't like I, I, I might become a fan of the U just for that. He he so. would just he would just need to go get him an, another little Gardner Minshew to uh, <laughs> to throw the ball around and my God like they would score hundred points every game. I know I know it would be absolutely absurd. Well, you know we, we could talk about this like Coach said for two hours. But let's all stick right, in the all AC. right. So so you didn't like my Gundy suggestion? Fair enough. No, let we me don't. Th- we don't. Let, I don't okay, like my Gundy. Th- I think he's a fraud. 
<laughs> Let me throw another name at you. Hit Jason it. Brown. No, this is a this is a coach who already knows Florida really well, achieved great things while in the Sunshine State, and he's just wasting away at a second banana school right now. Jimbo? <laughs> Will Muschamp. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Will Muschamp. Oh, God. <laughs> please, please do. Please, please. No, Coach, you want to leave Muschamp at South Carolina because he's awful. <laughs> they haven't. They're, they're not going to hire another Spurrier. They're just not going to do it. Not going to happen. Did you see? Wait, did you see that? Uh, speaking of South Carolina, man, Halinski didn't even win the quarterback battle this year. They went with some. They went with some guy who was like knock off, uh, knock off Sunshine, a transfer from Colorado State Hill. You knew that was going to happen. Well, did you? Did you? Yeah, I, I, thought, I, thought, I, I, thought, I thought the Halinskis were the next Mannings in terms of uh, in, in terms of family in terms of quarterback family. He's a transfer from Colorado State. Mike Bobo's there. Are you surprised? I guess not. I Mike, guess not. Mike Bobo. Uh, it, it wasn't long ago. He was a head coach there. Run the damn ball, Colorado Bobo. State. <laughs> Run damn ball, Bobo. It's all one mm. word. Run damn ball, Bobo. It's one syllable. Who are you kidding? Mm. Run damn Bobo. So, I'm sorry. What? Um, speaking of South Florida, completely off topic. Um, I don't know. Uh, you guys all remember Kendrick Perkins, my cousin, um, from, uh, from, yeah. from formerly of the Boston Celtics, Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Where did all the basketball genes in your family go after uh, him? Not to me. Um, he refers to Bam out of Bayou as Bam out of the Bayou. <laughs> well, Bam good. out of the Bayou. Well, it's my it's, new favorite name in I, all I, sports. I wish Bam. I wish Bam was from Louisiana. That would make total sense. I know. I know. Yeah. So, um, well, <laughs> let's move on in the ACC. Uh, the team of my youth, the Syracuse Orange, are headed down to Pitt. Uh, they are coming off of a loss at North Carolina this week. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this game this week. Josh, We somehow every single year we get roped into Pitt. Why is this year any different? Um, wow. Well, uh <laughs> That's the kind of deep, intense analysis we expect from the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Those those broadcast classes are really starting to pay off. (laughs) No, I I think it comes down to the fact that X's and O's, Pat Narduzzi really knows his stuff, especially defensively. Um, The stuff that Michigan State was doing defensively was absolutely amazing. I know they had some really good players go through that system when, uh, you know, they were ripping off conference titles and competing for, you know, they made the playoffs one year with D'Antonio. I mean, they were, they were really playing at a high level and they had great athletes, but schematically they were always so impressive and that's what made them a tough nut to crack. And I think all three of us, are of the philosophy that if you have a choice between a A or B grade X's and O's coach that is maybe a C or D recruiter, that's better than flipping it. That over the long run, you're going to win more games. You're going to compete for more stuff. Um, I think a good comparison would be what Kirk Ferentz's career has been, where X's and O's wise, yes, it's boring. Yes, it's fun to make fun of. But X's and O's wise, he knows his stuff. He's an A or B 
coach getting ready for the week, but not a great recruiter. Narduzzi's the same way. And when you have coaches like that, you're just always sort of waiting for them to have the breakthrough. And they have had blips of the breakthrough. The most famous one was beating Clemson a few years ago. But it's just game to game, they haven't had it yet for a whole season. And a lot of that has been horrific up and down quarterback play. And hopefully they they get that turned around. I mean, they looked pretty competent their first game. We'll see if that, that plays through here in their second game. Yeah, I think, honestly, this is two coaches that uh, X and O-wise are – I'm not gonna say elite, but you know they're 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 really good, and you know that's one thing that when you when you look at Pat Narduzzi and his defensive acumen, you look at Dino Babers and his offensive philosophy and acumen, you think okay these are two really great coaches that do a lot of good things. Uh, you know Dino Babers again he can rack up the yards he you know he set a whole bunch of records when he was at Bowling Green. So um, it's gonna come down to you know I, I think playing the role of head coach, managing the game from the head coaching seat, you know, being able to game plan uh, with all the responsibilities that's on you as a head coach. Um, There's a reason why uh, a lot of coordinators don't pan out to be head coaches because there's a lot of other aspects within that job that maybe they're not suited for personality wise, because a lot of, a lot of great coordinators are grinders and they're, you know, film rats, you know, they're, they're always honing their craft. Head coaches in college football have to be those charismatic in front of the camera type. They got to be CEOs. They got to be be CEOs and not everybody's a CEO. It's okay to be a Lieutenant. Um, but you know, maybe... I personally, Josh, person, I prefer lieutenants, but you know, I I will say this. If, you know, Matt, you're the biggest Syracuse fan here. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the hot seat like for Dino Babers? He he took over a terrible situation, eight wins in two years. 2018 breaks through with that 10 win season, and then a pretty big slide last year going just five and seven. Reminiscent a little bit of Mike London winning four games his first year, breaking through with an eight win season. And then a really quick slide before losing his job. That's what I'm scared. I'm scared. It's I'm scared. It's my it's Mike London 2.0. The only difference I see there is that you know we know Dino has true offensive acumen. We've seen it with him before. Um, he needs and, the right situation. He needs the right. I I just think Syracuse is, is Syracuse such a tough is place. so hard to recruit. Syracuse it's is so hard such, to recruit at, at this point. You know, and when they were at their greatest in the 90s, when I was growing up, when I was going to games in the Carrier Dome, I mean, like we had Donovan McNabb, we had Marvin Harrison, we had some of these guys that they were able to pull out of a lot of times the state of Pennsylvania. But now with, you know, between, you know, obviously, you know, all schools being more nationally recruiting more and more and, you know, 
they were recruiting the Rust Belt. Well, a lot of the talent has been leaving the Rust Belt for the Sun, you know, for the Sun Belt states, for the Deep South. And so it's just it's harder and harder to recruit, especially skilled position players there. And when you're going up against teams the like of Clemson and even, you know, teams like uh, Florida State in a down year, I mean, they're just not going to have the athletes. So they have to have this game. They have this game on offense, but they just don't have it defensively yet. I don't think their home stadium is doing them any favors at this point. The Carrier Dome has been up for a long time and it could use some serious upgrades and you know that you know that that turf if you can even call it turf i mean they i think they're still playing on like astroturf from 1976 man i got a question for you um you know marvin harrison played at syracuse in the early 90s mid 90s yeah yeah mid 90s 94 to 98 or so were you in the area at the time yeah i was i lived there until uh 2000 what was what was it like safety wise? Was he shooting up the city or No, 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 no. Don, no, Donovan kept him on lock pretty well. <laughs> kept him on lock pretty well. Uh cuz he just, you know, every time he heard that Marvin was going to um do something like that, he just started throwing up on him. Okay. He I didn't know how many he t- had his mom bring uh Campbell's chunky soup. Mm. <laughs> I, I didn't a, know how many times Marvin Harris had fired a gun while at Syracuse. I mean, none to the best of my knowledge. So that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. I mean, they they did something the Indianapolis Colts never could do. <laughs> wow. Um, so, so what what concerns me about this game speaking of uh shootouts. Um the Orange allowed 463 yards against the Tar Heels. Uh they had two picks though, but um you know, that 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 kind of worries me in this game because uh you know, something's got to give here and you know, somebody's got to improve and you know, I, I thought Syracuse played really well in the first half. I think they did a good job against uh North Carolina in the first half. Uh, of of kind of holding them at bay, uh, and then I think UNC just woke up and you know ran ran away with it in the second half. But uh, you know Syracuse is pesky, and and I think once they kind of figure it out uh, defensively and and you know figure it out offensively and you know try to hold on to the ball more, I think also what happens is they play at such a fast pace sometimes when they're not getting first downs, their defense gets exhausted, um, and and the whole the whole draw of running a up-tempo offense is to wear out the other defense. Well, when you're not getting first downs and, and you're inconsistent uh, with moving the chains, your own defense gets exhausted because you know, you're on the, they're on the field for 85, 90 plays, and uh, that's not good. And I think that started happening with Syracuse, and you could see uh, Syracuse's team, which uh, given, the, uh, given the nature of 2020, no spring practice, OTAs were screwed up, uh, and uh, they, I think they only delayed one week of the season. So um, they lost a whole lot of conditioning, and uh, they lost a whole lot of, you know, what would have been practice time, OTAs, meetings, walkthroughs, summer workouts, hanging with your strength coordinator and going through the paces. They lost a lot of that, and so it showed. And, and so I think conditioning uh, more than any time ever is going to play a huge factor into this game, who's in better shape? Who, you know, who's more mentally tough? You know, what can we do? And and I'm gonna lead with I'm gonna lean towards the defensive master uh, because you know typically when defensive coordinators are head coaches, their philosophy is to take care of the football, uh, be on the more conservative end of it, and let your defense work. And I think that's kind of what is gonna help Pitt ultimately win this game. All right. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to our next game. Houston, like we talked about earlier, supposed to play 
Uh, supposed to play this weekend against Memphis. Now they're playing against Baylor. Uh, so it's the opener for both these teams. Josh, you know, I, I think uh, uh, it's it's Baylor without Matt Rule. What can we expect from the Bears this season? Ooh, boy. I mean, these two teams haven't played in a quarter century, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, season preview boy. up next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird thinking about these teams that had coaching changes and what's that continuity going to be like, you know, once Ole Miss starts playing games, that one's going to be really intriguing because that's such a big change in system. Um, Well, Ole Miss is going to go to a power Baylor system. Yeah. You know, Matt, this might be a cop-out because what should we expect from Baylor? For the entire season, I don't know. But what can we expect from Houston in this game? Um, you know, we've got Dana Holgerson. He's a coach with a little bit of sniff. Got that Larry Fedora sniff a little bit. You know, he was allergic to defense at West Virginia. Uh, seems like the teams at West Virginia just got worse and worse each year. And then he pieces out, takes the parachute to go to Houston. Uh, are they still having kids transfer <laughs> from last year's I mean, team? I, I, insofar like as I can after... tell. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, do they even have like 30% of the roster from last year? <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, D.R. King, the most important player <laughs> on that team is gone. So, yeah, it's a, it's I, and, I just want to talk about this game because I literally have no idea what to expect. I, I'll say because... one thing that I'm expecting. Uh, Charlie Brewer was a really good quarterback last year mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, Baylor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think he helps keep this. Bears team, I don't even know if competence is the right word. I might say a little bit competitive oh. in a conference that doesn't look too hot. At least after a week. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think Baylor wins this game. I think Baylor, for the entire year, they're getting to go up against teams like Kansas, Kansas State, that we've seen face plant, an Iowa State team that's a mess right now. Um, you know, Baylor was a surprise team last year. Why not roll it back and and turn some heads again this year? All right. Well, let's hop over to talk about uh, the coach's least favorite team, the Ramblin' Wreck of Georgia Tech. Ooh. They looked good. You know. Uh, Adequate? Better than adequate against Florida State in that opening week. I mean. Here's here's the deal with Georgia Tech. Here's the deal with Georgia Tech. They have the largest punter I've ever seen. Yes. (laughs) They do. Um, And uh, also in my show that I released today on the Believe in Georgia Dogs uh, podcast, I I, I did something weird. I complimented Georgia Tech. Whoa. Whoa. Mm. Coach, I've known you for 10 years. I don't think you've ever done that. Mm. I, I did, um, and, and it's cheesy. God, he's so cheesy, Jeff Collins. It's just so cheesy. Oh, it's so, oh gosh, so, Coach. What was it? Oh. What was the? Oh, DJ Jazzy Jeff was the yeah, thing that yeah. we, you oh and I were God. could not stop laughing at that. Last I, I, I I about lost it on that. Uh, but for all his cheesiness, he he really he he's striking a match up there. You know, um, he, he when he took over, you knew it was going to be a two to three year rebuild, um, just by switching out pers- personnel. Um, I, I think when you take all of the cheesy recruiting tactics that he uses um, out, when you strip all that away, I think at the core of it, he's a good football coach. He's a great football mind. He's a great motivator. Uh, those kids buy in, um, and you could see it in the second half because 
know, they got off to a slow start, which was understandable, uh, considering, A, that um, they're not completely built for what they what he wants to do yet. And, B, the same reason that everyone else in the country is off to a slow start, because they just haven't had the time to develop. And so when they come back after halftime, you know, they kind of took over the game. Florida State wilted away, which that's another sad story in and of itself. But um, they kind of took over the game, and they, yeah, uh, and and they they went out and won it. I mean, Jeff Sims, I think, did a tremendous job at quarterback. I think he's going to be a special guy uh, for the Yellow Jackets. He's gonna, you know, I, I'm just kind of glad that Georgia's. Well, I don't know. I, I would like Georgia to play him. Actually, I, I I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't. But um, I would like to see him against that defense. But uh, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things that they're pesky, they're tough, they're a tough out. They're not; they don't have the depth right now to to really be a legitimate contender. But I think they improve over last year's. I think they were four and eight last year. Um, but I think they, I think they're going to improve vastly over that. And, and you see that they play hard. And that's going to, uh, that's going to go a long way. But Jeff Sims is just a freshman, so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, well, he, you know, last year UCF had a pretty darn good freshman quarterback in Dylan Gabriel, and yeah. uh, Josh, he's back for his sophomore year. What can what can we expect out of Gabriel and the Golden Knights? Well, you love their big play potential. Um, Nine point two yard average Ooh. last year um, for attempts, pretty that dang is good, huge. I mean, yeah, that's dang near um, first down every time he throws the ball. Yeah, great splits, 29 touchdowns, 7 picks. Um, I I guess if you want to nitpick anything about his debut season, a sub-60% completion percentage, so he gets that up to 61, 62%. He's going to be a backbreaker. I mean, this was – this UCF team is – I mean, let's just be honest, from Georgia Tech's perspective and and winning a nice game to start the season, this Central Florida team would – probably beat that Florida State team pretty easily. Um, so this UCF team, they're the real deal. They're just one of the best mid-major programs now. I mean, they're they're like Boise State was... 10 years ago. Ten Yeah, a decade ago. Yeah. You you just do not want to play them. And Send the Knights Josh know... Heupel down to Miami. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Knights know that getting these Power 5 teams builds their portfolio. So, um, you know... Probably won't be Georgia Tech's day, but they had a really good defensive game. I know that Blackman is a pretty inaccurate quarterback and Blackman has been struggling sucks. now for Florida State for quite a while. But Florida State offensive line hasn't blocked anyone yeah. in I think about seven years. Okay, uh, let's but, answer this question. Hey, can I just say this? But no, we've seen a lot of terrible tackling. Georgia Tech was at least completing their tackles, unlike oh, I don't know, Navy. Oh, we're gonna talk about oh, them boy. in a second. So why can't Florida? What is Florida State's recruiting pitch? Why can't they get offensive linemen? Why can't they get anyone except Marvin Wilson? Because uh, they don't have anyone dropping the bag for them anymore. Guess not. <laughs> uh, you know, Mike Norvell comes in, new coach, same old stuff. They've same been pitiful. Story. They've been pitiful since two since Jameis left. They were pitiful in Jameis's last season. Like, I mean, after that, well, I guess they, I guess they made, the, I guess, and he only played two seasons because he redshirted that first year. Well, they so. made the playoff. The next playoffs. Year. Playoffs. They made the first playoff. They got their ass handed to them by Oregon, but they made the, they made the, the very. Yeah, I think first Oregon playoff. just scored again on them. Yeah, Mar- Mariota just ran for another touchdown. 
<laughs> so, all right. Well, let's quickly talk Navy versus Tulane. Yes. Um, because I want to talk Willie Fritz. Uh, Willie Fritz just got the big extension. Uh, we love Tulane. We absolutely yeah. love Tulane here on, uh, you know, between the three of us. And I am excited about more Tulane football. We're going to see uh, what's the over under on pass attempts in this game, like six and a half. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, my God, how bad Josh was Navy in that first game against BYU. And do you think they've had a practice where they tackle yet since then? Uh, they probably did. I will say this. Uh, you know, you like to joke and we like to say that Tulane runs the option. It's an option hybrid. It's got option principles, but uh, they did attempt 30 passes in their win against South Alabama. So I'll take the over under on those passes if that's the number you're giving me, Matt. Uh, No, I think one of the things that probably we all like about Tulane is they feel like a sleeping giant in their conference. You know, they've got a brand new stadium on campus uh new orleans is an easy city to recruit to i know that tulane's academics kind of even some of that out but there's a lot of things going for this program and it just felt like you know they never really got a coach that tapped into that and willie fritz seems like the coach to tap into that the players seem to really love it playing for him and have bought in and they've gotten more and more competitive each and every year with him. And I'm just excited for them. And let's be honest, they play like crap against South Alabama, but sometimes good teams and well-coached teams find a way to win. You look at the stats, it's it's pretty brutal. Their third down efficiency, one of 11 on third down. Uh, they gave up 386 yards, 321 of it through the air. They got absolutely sliced and diced by a South Alabama team that's been frisky now two weeks but through Josh, the season. Josh, that 386 is still 200 less than AV gave up to BYU. I know. Yeah. God. But, um, How about that? But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Tulane certainly is not feeling like they gave their best week of the history of their football program a week ago, but they found a way to win rallying in the fourth quarter. So hats off to them for that. All right. All right. Well, before we get into our last, our last segment of spread formations, we're going to have a quick word from our newest sponsor. Health is wealth lifestyle. Health is wealth lifestyle is a fitness and athleisure brand that promotes community living at the healthiest holistic lives. They encourage their customers to care for their mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being. Uh, doing so through apparel, but also hosting in-person and virtual fitness camps, along with cooking, meditation, and self-care wellness events. Their brand is a safe space for our, their customers' overall well-being. Check out healthiswealthlifestylellc.com. Again, that is healthiswealthlifestylellc.com for some great athleisure gear for our friends over at Health is Wealth. Now let's hop into spread formation, guys. Hey, can, We're gonna... can I get some uh, uh, athleisure um, IM branded yoga pants? Uh, they make what they call dad hats, and their dad hats <laughs> are off the chain good. 
They dad are hats would, their dad, dad hats I'm, are I'm, amazing. They are supremely comfortable. They fit super well. Uh, if if I could, I'd wear it everywhere all the time. So make sure to check out Health Is Wealth Lifestyle LLC dot com. Do, do you mind me asking where we found Health Is Wealth? Health Is Wealth uh, is co-founded by my good friend Michael Bright, who we I went to grad school with in oh. los angeles so oh. uh shout out to michael bright uh yeah. and uh we are always happy to uh have someone uh who you know a uh, fellow ucla alum supporting the show so um you know uh shout out to you michael so ducats yep yep so um let's hop into spread formation guys uh our first game uh, we're gonna app state is a five point favorite on the road at marshall Josh, the crap out of me. Last week, <laughs> last week, Josh, you and I both were four and four. Coach, you eh, not so much two and six against the spread. Is oh, that my uh, adjusted yes. number after? I... Yes, that is your adjusted number. Okay. You're th- you were three and five until I adjusted All right. it. All um, right. So I was the only uh, some some smart picks. Josh, you're the only one who chose coastal. I was the only one who chose Texas minus forty three. Knew that one was coming in. They're pushing for that Sam Ellinger Heisman. Um, and Josh, you and I took Arkansas State, whereas the coach took Kansas State um, after the adjusted line. I'm the clown. Mm, <laughs> uh, no, the the clowns reside in Ames, Iowa. Ooh, ouch. So, um, anyhow, our first line of the week, though, Appalachian State minus five at Marshall. Josh, who you got? Yeah, I mean, App State just eviscerated charlotte's defense 512 yards 308 on the ground so it's like well why was it only a 15 point game you had three turnovers that's not good um bunch of penalties by app state that played a factor so the mountaineers just were not terribly crisp what about marshall well eastern kentucky bit of a step down but Marshall, talk about eviscerating a team, uh, 627 total yards of offense, 345 through the air. This game scares the crap out of me. Marshall, I think, is licking their lips at getting a ranked team at home. I mean, when has that happened anytime recently? I think the herd play angry and get the W, not just cover but i'm taking them to win Ooh, coach how you feeling you know um i was kind of back and forth on this game because you know uh the the immense amount of respect we give to app state and what they did and you know the mistakes they made um can be easily cleaned up however um with the marshall team rolling the way they are and as explosive as they are and as motivated as they will be when a ranked team comes into the crib they will win outright. So I'm taking I'm taking the herd. Ooh. And here I was thinking Not I was Colin the Calvert, only one. But the, here's the the, and here I was thinking I was the only one going to be back in Doc Holiday. Nope. I always nope. back Holiday. Well, I guess that, I guess we're going three for three here with the thundering herd for the upset. And um, it'll be fifty nine nothing App State. App State. Yep. <laughs> uh, next. Um, yeah, because I picked because I picked against them. <laughs> yeah. Well, next uh, Louisiana Tech. Heading down to play those mustard buzzards down in Hattiesburg, Louisiana <laughs> Tech here. Um, 
Look you know, uh, they're opening their season. Southern Miss has already had an interesting start to the season. Somehow they're five point favorites at home. Josh, I'm not really sure if I get that, yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I th- I'm going to guess that you're taking Louisiana Tech here. Yeah, I think uh, I think I would say Louisiana Tech was the better coach team even before Southern Miss's coach left after one second. game. Yeah, after yeah. one game. Yeah, I don't I don't quite know. I guess we should have asked our guest at the top of the show what's going on with that spread. Yeah, we should have. Um, you know, it's tough to keep track of all the news. Hell, who knows? Maybe Louisiana Tech half their teams out with COVID. But I can only go with what I know, and what I know is Skip Holtz outside of struggling at South Florida has been a phenomenal coach in these uh, non-power conferences. And he's got good things rolling at Louisiana Tech now for several years in a row. So I'm, I'm going to take the Bulldogs. Yep. Yeah, I mean, how could you not? I mean, well, again, I, I don't get it. Like, how how are they? Yeah, this this is one line I how do are they not dogs? understand. I, I, I don't understand. I mean... I mean, it's not, you know, it's not, they're not cats. Meow. <laughs> they're dogs. They're serious dogs. I'm taking the dogs take, as dogs, yeah. by the way. I don't know if you recorded that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. And uh, I'm, I'm, take, I'm, I'm taking the dogs as well. Next, uh, we have Troy, the Trojans, three and a half point favorites on the road. Right here in our our neck of the woods, coach Murfreesboro, Tennessee, against MTSU, who that's, looked that's a, that's an who, easy. Before you uh, finish, hold on. MTSU looked, uh, shall we say, awful in their season debut. Is that a, is that a fair assessment? Way more than fair. Yes, it was okay. Terrible. So, uh, coach, sounds like you're taking Troy. <laughs> yeah, take a Troy. Um, yep, minus three and a half. Uh, it's almost a pick 'em. That's almost a, such an easy spread. Troy's going to win by two touchdowns. Josh. It's going to be ugly. Yeah, I mean, there's literally nothing that you can shine about their performance against Army. Um, I mean, both quarterbacks that played had really rough outings. They couldn't run the ball at all. And I mean, yeah, Army, you can understand it. Okay, Army runs a difficult offense to prepare for. When you haven't been able to have any practices, you have to be fundamentally sound, tackle well. So you could understand Army putting up some points. What I don't understand is how Middle Tennessee looked like the Keystone Cops on offense and couldn't, you know, not just shut out, but just absolutely horrendous stats on offense with my favorite aspect of the turd sandwich four turnovers on the day i mean there's literally nothing positive to take the unknown quantity without playing a game troy feels safer than middle tennessee great choice yeah yeah absolutely absolutely all right we're gonna go next uh to the uh and it's not quite the Battle of Tobacco Road. I guess it's the JV version of that. Wake Forest versus NC State. Uh, this one's in Raleigh, Josh. NC State, two-and-a-half-point favorite at home on the on a season that feels like uh, for our, our our old friend, the coach over there at NC State, feels like uh, Dave Doran might be the uh, might be time to bleep or get off the pot. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It feels like NC State uh, 
is very similar to Pitt, despite being in the same conference. We kind of wait for them to break through or, or what's going on. Um, this might sound a little weird, but I thought Wake had some glimpses of looking not too bad there in the second half against I thought honestly I thought Wake I thought Wake played about as good as you could play against a team like Clemson, you know? I, yeah. I, you know Clemson Clemson is I mean they're good. Um Clemson is like complete is elite and I thought they played yeah. well. Um and, all, all relative of course. Yeah, and uh, you know quarterback Sam Hartman going up against the premier defense not too bad, all things considered. Again, I mean, graded on a curve because it's Wake and Clemson. So, um, having a brain fart, Matt. What did you say the spread was? Uh, NC State minus two and a half. You know, I think if it was if it was five or higher, I would take Wake to cover because I think Wake does have a decent chance in this game, but. I'm kind of expecting a field goal-ish game, so I'll take the Wolf Pack very nervously. Coach? Um, I'm not going to take the Wolf Pack very nervously because I'm taking the Deeks. Um, I think that I'm calling upset here. Um, you know, they played well. Uh, I, I'm i a believer. Uh, Clawson, Coach Clawson, ha- has a way about him that somehow he's gotten that team to four straight bowl games, and um, I don't know how. But he has, and uh, I'm a believer in, in that they're going to, you know, they're well coached, and, and I think they're going to outplay NC State, and I think they're going to win. I think they're going to upset them. My, my thinking is I like teams who've already played this year over teams who haven't played. So I'm actually in the bandwagon with Coach here, and uh, I'm going to jump on the Deeks, even without Sage Surratt, their best wide receiver. Um, give me those Demon Deacons. Finally, finally. Uh, we need to have one big spread every week. The biggest one I could find this week, the Citadel. They're playing in the fake Death Valley at Clemson. Minus Clemson, 45-point favorites at home, Josh. How much are they going to run up the score? Okay, first of all, why is Clemson the fake Death Valley? Well, I don't know. Or is LSU the fake Death Valley? I don't know, but all I could say is I've been to Clemson Stadium. It is absolutely impressive. It's one of my favorite stadiums. I, I've I, been and, to. I, and I've been to LSU Stadium, and it's one of the most impressive stadiums I've been to. So uh, I don't know. Well, Maybe they're both. Maybe they're well, one of them well, is the real. LSU, and one, LSU won the Battle of Death Valley uh, last year. In the yeah, so the, oh yeah, they get yeah they won the title, so they get to they get to hold the title of Death Valley. Yeah, uh, so it, it in terms of that spread. Um, look, I, I know this is absolutely ridiculous to, to do it, but just one of my rules that I, I go by is when I get those absolutely absurd spreads, I don't really like to take the team to cover because, you know, let's say Clemson's up 38, nothing at halftime. How many of their starters are going to play that second half? You know, you get a fluky thing where, the Citadel hits three field goals. And then you're asking Clemson to hit a really big number. So I'm going to take the key debts. No, wait, that's that's VMI. I'm going to take the 
What's the Citadel? The Bulldogs? I believe yes. I believe that they are. All right. Well, then um, I'm going to take the Citadel. Yep, they are the Bulldogs. Just out of my own personal philosophy on this. Uh, yeah, the Citadel Bulldog mascot wears like a, a drum major's hat. There we go. Coach? You know, I, I think, uh, honestly, I think Clemson's going to get bored. <laughs> and we, we got to figure out um, if Clemson's like third string quarterback can even um, cover the spread. And, um, you know, their, their third string, can they do it? Uh, I don't, you know, obviously I stay away from spreads like this, but I, I think the Citadel's going to cover just because I think Clemson's not going to have time to cover 45 points. Because what what if what if what if the uh, the the team of walk-ons gives up a late touchdown and they're up like let's say they're up forty-eight and they give up a touchdown at the end of the game like a garbage touchdown then what happens? That's just too many points. All right, all right. I took uh, so coaches on the Citadel. I took Texas minus forty-three last week all the way to the bank. I'm doing it again right here. Give me, give me all those points. I'll take Clemson anything like 53 or less at this point. So, Ooh. yeah, give me, give me Clemson. I see a lot of teams just running up the score this year, trying to get pad those stats or Heisman votes for uh, for Sunshine. So, mm. guys, this, this show has already been going on for over an hour and a half, so I think Ooh. it's about time that we wrapped up. Um, guys, this was fun. I had two quick things that we haven't talked about yet even. Rapid fire. you got 30 seconds each. All right. North Texas, SMU, expect a high-scoring affair in that one. Okay. Should be a fun game. And also, Duke-Boston College should also be a fun game. And Chase Bryce looked real good against Mm -hmm. Notre Dame. And you see how much a competent coach can really tip the scales. So that Duke-BC game I'm also quite excited for. Yeah, if I'm I'm Boston College, I am uh, I'm very scared of Chris Rump on the edge. Very scared. So, all right. Well, that is going to do it for us here on the Megapod tonight. So, uh, on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach Corey Burton here in the Music City, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook up there in the Windy City, this is the professor in Nashville saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast slash Believe in Vanderbilt Football Podcast slash Believe in Georgia Dogs Podcast. Yeah, go dogs. Arkansas Razorbacks announced their team captains for the year. We buried the lead. <sighs> we did it again. Dead gummit. Uh, stay tuned for hogs and dogs next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.